0: Welcome back to another episode of the RAG Report podcast, my daily bulletin show where I bring to you recruitment owners, advisors, suppliers, investors to the global recruitment industry who are prepared to give up their time to help us all navigate through COVID-19 together. Today, I'm excited to be joined by a guest I've had on the RAG podcast before. Uh, Today, I've got John Coxon, the founder or co-founder of Rise Recruitment Ventures. These guys are one of the newest and hottest recruitment investors who are working with uh, startups and early stage organizations really the top top uh, 10% of recruitment organizations that want to scale and grow world class recruitment agencies uh, john and his co-founder alex are not only investing their cash but their time their expertise to really build those infrastructures for for their clients i've had them on the 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 rag the, i think season 1 of episode Sorry, episode one of season two, and it went round really, really well. So, uh, John, welcome on the show.
1: Thank you very much, Sean. Happy to but,
0: be here. Yeah, it's a bit different than the last time in the studio, in the office, but uh, times are what they are.
1: Yeah, it feels, like a, it feels like a lifetime ago now, doesn't it? Yeah, It really does.
0: I was saying before, like, what, what was life like before this? Like, imagine going to a bar now, or a coffee shop. It's a bit weird, actually. It's like, oh, that'd be good, but I don't really know what it'd feel like.
1: It's, it's really interesting, actually, how sort of we're very adaptable, aren't we, as a species, and how kind of you, you, you really adapt to that new normal and how everyone has done so quickly. So, yeah, that, that's, that's really interesting.
0: Well, look, true rag report style, I wanted to um, ask you the first question, which is paint the picture for my listeners. What the hell is your life like right now?
1: Yeah, so I'm, as, as you know, I'm in, in Barcelona. Yep. So, uh, Barcelona uh, shut down or Spain shut down pretty aggressively compared to the UK in a couple of weeks beforehand. So so yeah, I'm I'm in my bubble um as everyone as everyone is. You know, we we were in a, we were in a a small kind of 80 square meter apartment in the center of Barcelona. We've got a little balcony, but it's kind of like ironing board size, oh, wow. you know, so that's uh you know, but better than nothing. So yeah, so it's you know, we've we've been on lockdown for 8 weeks and we can only go out for for, for shopping or emergencies or to the pharmacy and actually i've been even stopped by the police a few times going out just even, you know and, and if you haven't got big bags of shopping they'll stop you because wow. you're not meant to be nipping out for a bottle of milk you know so so they've been really intense and really uh, quite aggressive here so we'll see we'll see how that measures up
0: any signs up of it pharmacy. any signs of it relaxing a bit like they're talking about in the uk or
1: yeah so tomorrow Tomorrow, we're going to be allowed out for a short walk every day, I think. so. How are you so feeling? And, and together as well. So you can't, I can't go out with my fiancé. Um, so if, if I'm going to the shop, I have to go on my own or she has to go on her own. So actually, tomorrow will be the first time that we'll be outside together in eight weeks. So, yeah. It's so, just,
0: uh, I mean, it's, just stop there and think about what you've just said, really. Like, if you'd have said this 12 weeks ago... You'd have pissed yourself, wouldn't you? you be like, what are you talking about? It's nonsense. But
1: yeah, it literally yeah. is
0: for you more than me. I mean, we've got another client who's based in in the I think he's in the Costa del Sol and he's locked down. He's got he's luckily got a nice villa and he's but it's still the same. You guys have had it even worse than us. It's like to not be able to leave the house together. I mean, I go for a walk with my wife most days, and that's probably the one thing I look forward to outside of work the most um so i do feel for you mate but you've i mean look i've spoke to you a lot you you you've remained positive you remained uh healthy as well what have you been doing in that living room of yours you've been all sorts
1: yeah the living room slash uh slash gym slash yoga studio yeah it's uh yeah just uh i think last time i spoke to you was just after i killed myself with a yeah, you sounded a, like you're dying a hit session yeah so um <clears throat> Yeah, we've been keeping busy. I mean, it's, it's been all right. I think the first five weeks were all right. Then I, w- I was a little bit under the weather for a couple of weeks in it. So that, that dragged. Um, you know, you, ha- you have your days where you get a bit fed up, don't you? And, and I think everyone does through this. But I think they're, you know, they're, they're an opportunity as well. They're an yeah. opportunity to, to learn about yourself, aren't they? So, you know, I oh, think yeah. it's,
0: been,
1: it's been, you know, it's been all right. It's been all right. We're all Someone the said the other
0: day, life. like, you know, if, this is the, if the worst thing I have to do is stay at home, when other people are on the front line and all that, you know, yeah. it can't be that bad. And I think that's a really way, good way to look at it. Like it's shit. And if it was the rest of our lives, I'm not sure many people would be very happy, but if, even if it's a few more weeks, I, I mean, I, I think you, we, we, we've got to be able to take it as a, as a, as a group of people.
1: I watched brawling cell block 99 the other day, which was a pretty, I don't know if you've seen it. It's pretty yeah. brawly, um, sort of prison, uh yeah prison film yeah prison kind of film and uh yeah so i was just that that was actually in a way (laughs) quite helpful just seeing some of the cells on that on that film (laughs) (laughs) you can actually it's not too bad yeah it's, it's it's tough and it's tough for everyone isn't it and and um you know it's it's the sort of unknown elements of the situation which are you know which are difficult for people so i'm i'm you know i'm I'm steering clear. I'm, I, I've, I've literally, I give myself 10 minutes to look at the news every day. You know, I've, I've, deleted, I've deleted Facebook off my phone. You know, I think it's, it's you know, you've got, to have, uh, it, it's about where you put your attention, isn't it? You know, you create where you put your attention and um, so, so you yeah. Can be
0: that, a you can become a victim to it. You can, you, know, you can uh, let it all just dominate your brain or you can, you can choose. What to. Um, yeah. John, I think that's your computer there going crazy. I don't know if you can, turn your notifications off. Everyone's listening. Get them off.
1: Let me, uh, um, look, let me get rid of
0: that. I'm not so, even going to edit this out because I tried. I, I actually, this happened the other day on an episode and I tried to edit it out and I forgot and it went off. And then I released it. And at 7 a.m., one of the listeners was like, Sean, I don't, I don't think you edited that bit out. I was like, oh, shit. So I had to take it down and put it up. <laughs> so, you know what? People can learn. This is what the Raw podcast is all about. It's, it's real life. Um, but for the listeners, John, um, some will have listened to your episode on The Rag and others won't. So I don't want to go into the whole story, but look. A couple of headlines obviously you started liquid in 2006 right and then sold in 2016 so it's a 10 year project that you and Alex Elliott founded together and social care recruitment got to over 100 staff over 100 million turnover sold for over 20 million after 10 years it was a remarkable story that uh if anyone wants to really get under the bonnet we went we went through Warts and all like six seven months ago um so What's been happening ever since? So once I think it was October, November time. We sat down. What? What's tell, tell? Tell me through the last before COVID. What was the last six months like for you?
1: Yeah, good. I mean, it was. It's been early days with new venture. So we've been building. So we launched. We launched Rise, the uh, investment business, Rise Recruitment Ventures. Um, we officially launched the business in, in March this year, which uh, interesting time to to launch an yeah. investment business. Um, but we but prior to that, look, we we'd made one investment in in a exceptional business in manchester Mm -hmm. an early stage recruitment business called strive sales yeah so um we've been working really closely with the directors of that business really supporting them in putting the foundations in place for some serious growth so um we supported them with with some building out their approach to hiring really leveling up in terms of the individuals that are taking on going from sort of sevens and eights to nines and tens, that, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, putting in place those processes, supporting them, developing their, um, developing their proposition, um, building out systems, um, training. So really kind of like, <clears throat> A lot, a lot of recruitment is and business it's about mastering the fundamentals isn't it so really sort of working with them on those key fundamental elements to 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 help them position for some real growth and and just before just before kind of covid came along they'd had a couple of fantastic months which you know is 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 a shame in a way but you know ultimately the, the money they generated in those months you know it, they really leveled up and that's going to that's going to support the business through this period. So, so we've been wa- working with those guys um, really closely and really building out the resources at Rise. And
0: um, so again, Rise. The yeah. difference. The thing I loved so much when you first told me about the idea was that there's a lot of other. There's. Uh, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the other models, but there's, there's more traditional like recruitment backing model is where they take off, take away your back office let you do what you're good at, which is just Bill, right? And I, and I get why that make, that works. Yours is slightly different. So can you just give us another overview as to what the model looks like from a... If, the, if, if you're working with someone, what do they actually receive?
1: Yeah, so we, we work with... We invest in startup and early stage recruitment businesses. So businesses that have founders who have the, the capacity to grow at pace with our support. So um, our... And it's, it's really broad, our support. Look, Alex and I, we... we, we our experience is, is recent. You know, we sold that business in, in 2016 and lots of things have changed, like lots of technological advancements, but we're, you know, we've still got a finger on fingers on the pulse, I would say, in terms of, in terms of recruitment. So, so we're supporting businesses through those various kind of stages of growth, getting those foundations in place, the, the structure, the strategy, the systems, um, the technology, the, 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 the proposition to take to the market, um, supporting the leaders in those businesses, um, upskilling them. If it's a startup, you know, we, we, so we we invest in people in billing managers um, who have got a track record of building exceptional teams. So supporting people from that step up from billing manager into business owner, it's it's a big jump, and there's lots of other kind of stuff yeah. to to learn as 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 you and I you and I know. So. Yeah. Um, it, it's smoothing that transition and dealing with any barriers to um, to growth and supporting people through those different stages of growth, making the most of every opportunity and, and bringing a bit of cash to the table
0: as well to really supercharge that. Um, yeah. So that's what I think. That's that's the beauty of it. You you, you physically are getting involved, hands are like rolling up the sleeves and. Putting in procedures, processes, helping them hire the right people. Like you know, it, you think about it. Like early stage businesses, if you said to them, like, tell me what your finance, your strategy around finance will be. You're yeah. going to be like, uh, 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 like, well, I've got an idea of how I'm going to pay all my contractors through an outsourcing company. But then, how much are you going to pay yourself? How are you going to structure it? Your dividends? Or, there's so many things in the back office that you have to learn. And most of us, like myself, you learn it from making mistakes. And yeah. Like, I look back at the first three years of Hoxo, and I'll go. Well, if I'd have known some of the things that I know now, like fuck me, we'd have been double the size by now. Yeah, you, you're yeah. giving people that opportunity really by saying we can shortcut your mistakes effectively and give you the, the leverage. Um, what? So when you look, when you've been working with those guys, what do you what are you looking for from them? Obviously, the billion management bit I get because then it means they've you know you can scale fast with them. But yeah, what, what about the individuals? Are you looking at? What do you want to see?
1: Yeah, so I think it's kind of billing management and above as a, as a as a starting point. So people with a proven track record of building high performance sales teams. Um, we want to work with people who have got some serious ambition. Like if if you want to, everyone's aims are different. And if you want to build a, you know, a kind of lifestyle business with a few consultants, there's nothing wrong with that. And that's a that's a personal choice. But there's not really you're not gonna get the value from people like Alex and myself in that kind of scenario. So we wanna work with people who wanna build market leading recruitment businesses. Typically that means building towards, uh, building towards a high value exit within, within, you know, within a 10 year kind of time frame. Um, so seriously ambitious people with the potential to grow and develop with their business, but people also who we want to feel like we can add value you know so we' that we need to be able to add value it's not just about financial injection, and actually the biggest value we add isn't the financial injection you know and maybe people think that it might be that at first, but it's actually the support and the experience that we bring to the table um, but yeah, and look, we need to be aligned as well in terms of sort of values and approach that's that's really important um. The market needs to be interesting as well. it needs to be a, a high value fairly stable market and obviously there's there 's less of those around at the moment but, but look we 're we're, we're building for the future and we 're still speaking it 's really interesting timing actually because you know it 's it's, it's a, it's a new world and, and, and we 're sort of figuring things out as we go along but and we 're wondering if we 'd be getting less people coming to us in this time, but actually I think because people have got lots of time at home to think and, and, and consider their kind of future. We're getting lots and lots of inquiries at the moment that we, we might not be starting like investing in three or four recruitment businesses in the next couple of months, but it's about identifying exceptional individuals and um, positioning for the future, preparing for that uplifting growth when it comes.
0: So, you know what? I've got so many questions running through my head. What what I want to kind of do in this episode is trying to think if I'm the person that is talking to you because I I kind of my whole point of the rag is to was was designed to help people that were either at the very beginning or even before they've launched because mm. if I back obviously I launched Hoxo 2017, but for from 2014 to 2017 it was a recruitment company in my head right me and i'm a best mate my business partner now we were like hoxo was a recruitment company hoxo was the final name there were so many shit names before but we don't go into that anymore told too many times that story um but the 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 biggest thing i found was it was there was a a considerable lack of information out there like if you didn't sonovate i think were, we're we're popping about i had a few mates who worked with them um, James Kahn was out there with his content and bits and bobs, not an awful lot though, but I couldn't ask my boss because he knew I was leaving. So I was, I was really struggling and there were so many questions going through my head. So uh, the, the, the rag was always designed to, to really give people that, that leg up to say, you know what, I've listened to all these episodes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I think, and actually, if you listen to episodes and reach out to some of these people, they'll probably help you anyway. But you're offering a different level of help. Like that is your actual job to help, as opposed to saying, "Yeah, I'll give you a bit of time on the side." You're you're saying this is my full focus, which I think that's extra special. So, first question I'd have would be like, what what do you want? Um, what do you want to know from me at the beginning of the process? So, if I'm reaching out to you, what do I need to provide you in terms of information? I've got. Let's say I'm not even started. I've I've got six months in my head of when I'm going to start. What do you want to know?
1: So I think there's two kind of key key areas, right? It's the it's the uh, it's the people in the market. So from from a from a market perspective, we need to we need to really sort of delve into the competitors and understand understand how we can create a proposition that ideally truly different, differentiates the proposition right. from from other competitors. Um, we're looking. We want to be in kind of those kind of inch wide mile deep kind of markets where we can really specialize and um, create a name for ourselves, providing high value candidates to businesses and markets with stable macroeconomic factors. So I think that's, that's really important. So if I can say to you,
0: right, I've I've got this track record, me and my mate have done these kind of billings in this market. Let's say me and Amma used to do business transformation. I was insurance, he was retail. We had about yeah. 2.1 million between us in terms of revenue across our teams, all yeah. contract. Like we would have been the type of people you'd want to speak to, right? So- Absolutely, and I, th- I think that, that that's really
1: key. I think it's it's people with a proven track record of billing, but over and above that, actually, it's people with a proven track record of building high performance sales teams. And what I mean by that is hiring, training, retra- retaining. Um,
0: so you're gonna, would you be probing me now about how I've done what I've done? You'd want to know not just the higher levels. You'd want to really know how I hire, who I've hired, what mistakes I've made, that kind of stuff. So it'd be almost like you'd be interviewing me now at this point, right?
1: Yeah, look, we, we've got, quite, we've got a, a detailed process. We're, we're right. investing in, in three to four businesses every year. So we're not and, – and the level of support and investment and time that we give to people is really high. So we're, we're incredibly particular about who we invest in. So I think, yeah, for, for, for example, um, lots, of, lots of billing managers might need some extra support around hiring. So sometimes people just get delivered. You know, if you think about lots of recruitment businesses out there, when do billing managers get, involved in the recruitment process it's it's often towards the end after they're fed candidates so so actually they're involved in that process but maybe they need some maybe they're not involved from it from the start and so that kind of attraction piece and that real kind of assessment piece might not be there so i think ideally it's people who have had that experience through that entire process just just as one example but look there's there's going to be everyone's going to have strengths and, and, and areas of development and, and it's really you know it's we, we do want to we are flexible and we want to focus in on supporting people maximizing their kind of super strengths and helping them fill in the gaps. Um, but yeah, look broadly speaking, it's people who have got that proven track record. If people can build high performance teams, then and they've proven that they can do that, then we can help them take that to the next level and, and build that repeatable, scalable process for success.
0: Interestingly as well, I'm thinking, right, let's say, depend, again, I always look back at my own experience. I, I got to 2015, the end, and I bought a house. So I put 110 grand into a flat in, in London, and that was kind of all my money gone. <laughs> so that was my milestone that said, right, Sean, you've got, to set up for the, you've got to save for the business now. So I had another year to save for the business, which I did, and I left, and blah. But had, let's just say... COVID hit me in March, 2016, I'd have had like, fucking, I don't know, five grand or something. I wasn't, I'd have had a lot of, I'd have had asset, but I've had no capital. So I would have been struggling. So what, what do, you, what do people need to bring to the table in terms of finances for you yeah. to be interested? Because I think right now that might be a problem that someone had a contract book expecting to get paid for the next four months and they're on furlough or they're on a basic salary, no bonus that could inf- influence that do you mean in terms of what they what they're delivering within the business or in terms oh, it's of in like money thing? like what actual available capital do you expect them to have as opposed to you just or you'd say well we'll fund the whole thing if you've got the right track record well how does that work yeah i mean look, it's a
1: it's a prerequisite for us that people have some some skin in the game so i think that that's really important um and yeah look the 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 reality is that it might be a little bit more difficult for some people at the moment. That's, that's a, that's an unfortunate fact. But I think, I think if people, if people believe in themselves and believe in what they can achieve in that market, then they can beg, borrow or steal, you know, maybe not steal, but they can beg, beg or borrow, you know, and, and, and at least get something together. So I think it's important from two two perspectives for us. It's uh, you know, it's uh it's a kind of a bit of a commitment test and a test to see how how confident they are of actually delivering. But also, you know, it it, it keeps people sort of focused, doesn't it? And keep, if people have got that skin in the game, then then they have to kind of make it happen. And and I think that, I think mean, that's probably the same for most most investors. And look, it it doesn't have to be crazy money, but it it has to be. Uh, you know, a, a substantial amount for them. You know, that's I think that's the important thing. But ultimately, look, I mean, we we invest up to two hundred thousand per startup, so we're going to be bringing most of the cash to the table. But they they're going to need something.
0: Yeah, yeah makes sense. Um, okay, so how long would you expect a process to go for? So let's say again, I come to you. I've just left. I'm available now. How long would you expect? a process to take before you would give me a decision that you you're happy to invest in sean anderson's new business i'm not actually leaving by the way and doing this but yeah i'm getting a little bit excited by it but no calm yourself sean um
1: yeah so i think it it really the answer is it depends and if people are you know pre-covid we were speaking to some people who were ready they were ready to move and they and we were you can work through that process in you know, in, in three weeks with people in some cases, but that you might be, we might be speaking to some people earlier on in the process and you know, they're, they're, they're sort of, they're thinking about it and, and we catch up again three months later and they're ready to kind of pull the trigger. So it, it just depends, but I think it's, it's, it's detailed and, but it doesn't have to be stretched out more than kind of three weeks right, as a so weeks. assessment period. But look, I think it's, it's really important when you, when you get into the bed with a business partner, whether that's an investor or a partner, it's, it's, a, it's a long-term relationship. And the strength of that relationship is one of the key fundamental factors as to where you're going to be in five, six, seven, eight, nine years, two years with the business, however long you know. So, so it's, it's important to make sure that you're aligned in terms of what you want to achieve, values, what each part is going to be bringing to the table, you're going to get on and be able to work together. So um, it's worth taking a little bit of time through that process. And oh, for, and it's worth that for both parties actually. Um, yeah.
0: Well, I can, yeah. I can talk, I can talk first I'm not going to go into mad detail today. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm releasing an episode of the story of Hoxo in the next week or two as well. So people can find out a bit more about what's going on in the behind. But I started with three business partners and one was my best mate from school and he's no longer with us. Yeah. So, um, we're still mates if anything we're better mates than the final six months of working together but that was one where due diligence probably wasn't done very well we got excited we got but we'd never worked together we'd not really seen each other since we were 18 properly and yeah there's loads of reasons why it wasn't great like it just didn't work very well Um, whereas me and Amma had been best mates lived together but also had worked together for like four years so we just knew each other inside out like and we'd also come from the same pace of work and for him We found that his pace, being in Manchester, and ours being in London, was that was a difference. Just us in recruitment, him in marketing. There was there was so many differences, and yeah. I think aligning and understanding that at the beginning is something I would employ anyone to do. Now is that like, it can look great in certain areas, but actually the day to day of how you guys think needs to have some alignment. Um, yeah, I'm listening I've, to I'm listening to Richard Branson's book at the minute. The, have you heard, Have you have you ever been through it? I, I've read one of his books. Which one are you? Uh... Let me just get my audible open one sec. It's losing my virginity by Richard Branson. So it's like the early stages of his life. I think I've got an hour and 45 minutes of the audio left, And honestly, I've, I've loved every second of it. Like it's been amazing, but he he's gone through various business relationships and all. It's just, you, you hear some of the things he's done and you think "Fucking hell, he's still going. So you, you, you get through it. But, um, but, what what would you say about times now then? Like, what what's your opinion of what's going on? I mean, I've I've spoke to your partner Alex right at the beginning, but you're talking to recruiters. I'm talking to recruiters. What are you hearing? And what? How would you kind of summarize what you think is going on in the recruitment market right now?
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it, it's pretty grim, isn't it? There's no point kind of uh, beating around the bush with it. I think I think hiring in the UK is around thirty percent or something of of what it was pre pre COVID. There's, I think we've got a risk of a there's a pretty high risk in my opinion of a fairly slow recovery as well, um, so there might be less competition out there you know unfortunately for recruiters, but there's probably also going to be a bit less business as well for a, for an extended period of time. Um, yeah obviously some markets are, are more affected uh, more affected than others so from a from an investor perspective there's i mean we in our kind of pipeline of potential investments we had five or six things where we were going to be reaching a a decision and that came and they were quite far on in the process. And we're, we're speaking to one business seriously now an existing an existing business about uh, a potential investment. So, you know, we're all a little bit on pause, aren't we? And I think it's, if I just think about who's who's going to win coming out of this situation it's it's really about first it's about survival and then it's about positioning um, being positioned and funded for growth when when the market kind of turns right but it's it's very hard to plan and obviously and I think we're in a bit of a state of flux and for me it's about for me it's about hoping for the best and planning for the worst i guess and you know if if we think it's going to take three months for the market to start turning then plan for six months at least you know seen,
0: i have seen quite a lot of hope in the last two weeks though. i've seen yeah. I mean, interviews and jobs are going up and not to the point where they're anywhere near where they were pre-covid but they're the highest they've been in say six weeks yeah. um, there's obviously talks of relaxing lockdowns so there's there's been more interest. there's more i think there's been more confidence that as a, as a not just recruitment but as, a, as an economy we're going to yep. try and ad- we're going to try and function as well as we can, as opposed to saying, yeah. look, let's just pause. We're going to, well, how do we bring everything back slowly in different, and, and, and just like, for example, supermarkets being open with a protest, everything will have to have a new process, but that doesn't mean things can't happen. So hopefully yeah. that, I can't see the a market of being back to normal like it was for a long time, year and a half, something like that, but I can see it getting back to a very interesting place quite quick, personally. Only, only based on the conversations I'm having, and I'm and I'm hoping I'm right. Um, what what does that mean for you in terms of? I imagine there's a lot of businesses out there that are. They might be small, a couple of years in, and maybe don't have the biggest cash reserves, or or you know, have been bundling along a little bit, and now think fucking hell, that that's been a bit of a bit of a hit, um, and they they might be reevaluating their strategy moving forward. Are you interested in talking to those, like I say, early stage business? It doesn't have to be a brand new. It can be someone who's already somewhat established.
1: hundred percent. I think if those business, again, it comes back to that, you know, that kind of almost like that proof proof of concept thing, you know? So if someone can evidence that they built built a, su- a successful delivery, sales and delivery teams, then, then we're keen to talk to them. And I think, you know, business... Think, yeah, as I say, thinking about who's going to win big out of this, it's people who are positioned and funded for growth. So if you can retain your people and if you can, or as many of your people as, as possible, and, and um, you know, if you've got at least some form of cash reserves or the opportunity for a cash injection to um, to grow at the greatest pace that the market will, will allow, then yeah, you're gonna come out of this better. And we're interested in talking to those kind of businesses. So businesses that perhaps have scaled back um but they've got they've got that kind of secret source it's there it's just about making the most of it in that new kind of space so yeah we're we're absolutely keen keen to talk to businesses like
0: that one thing when i spoke to alex about your the the covid problem i think he was like my second week of of the rag report he made a really interesting point which I, i found funny but really stayed in my head was like he spoke to your old finance director and said, "Like, did we ever have three months' money in the bank, like as a contingent?" And they were like, "No, don't think we did." Yeah. And and I think that has been, you know, the whole knee-jerk reaction thing that me and Alex talked at, at length about, where people let a lot, they cut deep fast, yeah. and he got a lot of bad press. And and look, we all know why people have got on the bandwagon for that being bad. But to me, like, if you if you're trying to grow, that comes with a risk, doesn't it? Like any reward comes with, a, with an equal or greater risk. And, and the risk is that you're probably not going to be sat there with the revenues that, behind you, that you're this big stable ship. You're going to be pumping every penny back in to grow again. So how would you position a business coming out of this, knowing that they've, this, is, this has happened and it, you know, it could happen again? Would you go at, would you go at it with an organization – as aggressively as you did with with uh, social with the sorry, liquid social care social care. would you do that, or would you would you pull pull a bit more money back and make sure you have that three months in future?
1: That that's a, that's a that's a really interesting question actually, and I think it, it's you know looking looking more broadly than that. If you look at kind of the drivers behind modern kind of capitalism, it, it you know it, it's having. Having big cash reserves in a business is is almost is almost been a bit of a taboo, right? It's almost, and you know, you look at it from a kind of listed company perspective, and you know, you'll have um, have active investors who, who 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 publicly beat up businesses who do that. So, you know, and and so yeah, it's, it's interesting because it, I think there sh- there will be there will be a shift broadly from. Squeezing every bit of growth out of every every penny to actually having a little bit of uh, a little bit more of a buffer. I think that there there absolutely absolutely will be a bit of a a global shift there, which which is going to be interesting globally because you know we we we, global growth had been a bit sluggish since 2008 anyway, right? So that that's going to be interesting to see how that kind of plays out. And I do think that's going to be a broad trend. And yeah, I think. I think that we'll probably see that shift in recruitment, and I think that shift is 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 necessary. So it's something I think in personal
0: life. You probably see it in your personal life. Like if you think about the amount of people that live by their paycheck and they just you know just plod on every month, spend what they earn. Again, you're gonna go back to fuck me. I'm gonna put ten to fifteen percent away, like investors have told me all along, to make sure that if if I have another recession or if I'm furloughed or I'm not living on baked beans or whatever i think there's genuinely going to be and, and I've, I've had so many chats now and i think sorry i've heard the amount of recruitment owners that were leveraging the whole you know get in your juniors grow your juniors grow mm-hmm. headcount they're thinking well actually maybe a strategy would be less like headcount focus more productivity per head focused yeah. um, more yeah. brand and automation focus what do you think would you still say that junior you know build your own team model is is how you would push forward in the new world
1: I think I think there's there's lots of ways to skin the cat, aren't there? And I think I think look it, it's I think that can definitely still work in the new world. But I think again you can if I think back to if I think back to Liquid, you know, our our guys our guys build big, you know. So we, we hired we hired those nines and tens, we were we were really really picky in terms of the people we brought into the business the the rectorex knew it you know if if people if people in if people in manchester heard that people were at, like a candidate was at final stage of our business they were just offering them you know so so you kind of like i think if you maintain that quality through that through the process if you're hiring exceptional people if you've got um a really differentiated posit, uh, proposition, if you're supporting your team and training and developing them and and retaining them if if you're doing those right things then I don't think there's anything wrong with hiring rookies. And, and you know, and for me, actually, I, I, I like that model because you, you, you build that tribe, right? You build that tribe and, and people get really ingrained in your business culture. But I do think perhaps that businesses might, yeah, might be a little bit more focused on productivity, if you've got a bums on seat approach to recruitment, if you're hiring, if you're hiring 10 people and hoping one or two work out, you might, you might need to rethink, right? You might, you might actually take a bit more focus on quality and, and productivity. Um, but if you're already doing that, you're probably well positioned for, for the new world.
0: What uh, about the whole remote working piece? What's your opinion on that? Cause you've been a digital nomad yourself, but mm. your, your previous business was a physical business. You're, I believe Strive are a physical business in Manchester. So what, yeah. what's your opinion on, how, how businesses should adopt that way in the future?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you think about uh, even even setting COVID aside, if you think about the the big kind of global trends, you mentioned the sort of digital nomad piece. That's a big global trend, right? That's been sort of picking up, picking up some serious um, some serious pace. And I think I think the the younger generation of recruiters and people coming into recruitment they're looking for a different experience from work than perhaps I was when I when I when I got into a recruitment business. So I, I I you know flexibility around kind of work was already a, a a reasonably strong trend, although perhaps not as embedded in the recruitment market as as some other areas. And COVID's going to accelerate that, isn't it? And I think for for me, look, I think the, the challenge, and this is the, we could probably have an hour conversation about this one point, but the the, the the challenge for me around it is is training and developing people and you know if've got if you've got a rookie in a room full of people and, and they can they can hear the person on the left and the right and the right of them, and you know they've got a manager coaching them on the phone and all that kind of stuff and and the atmosphere of a sales floor as well you know those thing, those things are really powerful. And you lose that if people are sat at home on their own billing. So, so my, what, what, I, what I would say, I guess, is I, I like the flexibility of remote working. I like, I like that as an option in the business. And I think that's something that will come more into play. But I think, I think it has to be done in the right way. And I think if you're hiring a load of rookies and they're, they're sat at home and you've got an online training program and, and, and you think that's going to do the job, I'd, I'd be a little bit worried about that. Um, I'd love to see if I'm proved wrong. And Same. I'm, 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 I think, I think most,
0: most would agree with you there that the, you know, yeah. the trainee model is where where there's going to be some concerns. I've said on a few of these episodes, I, I kind of think there'll be a couple of camps that will evolve out of this. I think there'll be businesses that will go, do you know what? <clears throat> we are a face-to-face business. We're, we're, we've got the sales floor. We want to go back to that, and they'll attract new people, potentially some experienced people that want to stay in that world. And then there'll be others that say we're not, we're not going to go five days a week in the office. And you know what? They might have to sacrifice the size of their training academies, and you might have an office for the academy. And they kind of once they graduate through a year's work, they then have the option to work more remotely. I don't know. There's... I, th- I, th-
1: I think that's more that's a sort of sensible middle ground. I think people. I think it's good if people have to earn it, you know, and and also, you know, get get leveled up to the point where they can actually deliver in that in in that kind of way. Um, but also look, there's lots of people who want who want that office environment and that camaraderie and that kind of you know, who enjoy working in that and find it quite hard actually sat at home five days a week. So I think I think flexibility is the answer and I don't think it's you know, it's it's not a black or white thing. It's it's about that grey in the middle where it probably is actually the right
0: I think I think for me it's the it's a hundred percent choice based and it's having the I think I, I can't imagine anyone in coming out of this will well, I'm I'm definitely wrong in that way there will definitely be someone and some people but majority I can imagine won't won't want to go a hundred percent either way like yeah. because yeah. we've been so a hundred percent off outside at home isolated that to me staying at home five days a week is like a fucking prison sentence after this i want to go in to the office but i like the thought of two three days and then the yeah. i like if you told me i have to do five days in the office that would almost feel a bit like i've had no choice you've given me a no more choice i want to know Whereas if you said to me right one day a week was we all work from home or two days a week, or whatever i don't know i feel like because the benefits people have learned and like for example waking up early going for a run having breakfast with your family walking your dogs there's loads of things we're going to get so ingrained over 2 to 3 months yeah so that away that that'll piss people off so it's it's a really it's a fine balance isn't it i think as well age i've said on a few occasions that you know in my early 20s living with amma and my mate james in clapham with a with a rickety old kitchen table would i really have wanted to work from home there we'd have got distracted it would have it wasn't the environment for it whereas now i'm set up for it well managed to be um it's it's everyone's it, it, stage of life is changes and differs as well yeah
1: um, I, I, th- I definitely think there's no hard and fast rules with it but 100 like we're going to see we, we're going to see more flexibility around around this stuff you know and that, it was happening anyway but i mean of course it's going to be fast tracked. but there's there's definitely a balance there's definitely a balance and that's both from an employer and uh employee perspective 100
0: yeah. how how are you um how are you finding the relationship with you and Alex not seeing each other either for eight weeks? Have you Are you speaking every day or every couple of days? How do you two manage it? We, we,
1: when we, when we, uh, developed the idea for rise, I was living in South America and Alex was living in Rutland. So yeah, it's, it's all right. It's kind of <laughs> like, it's not much different to be honest. Um, but yeah, you know, look, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm very used to working kind of from wherever and I can, and I can do it and, and it, and it works for me. And so I can, I can be in my, in my front room. I prefer to go to a coffee shop or something like that, you know, if, but obviously that's not a, not an option at the yeah. moment, but, um, so yeah, I think it's, it's, it's all that, you know, stuff that's been talked about a lot, isn't it just around maintaining communication and, and, uh, You know, having those having those regular touch points. But we work really
0: well like this. Yeah. Yeah, You've you've got a really interesting balance and and that and look, that moves into what I wanted to say. So the the announcement of today's episode, which I've not mentioned yet, is that I mentioned it last week on LinkedIn that I've got um, a couple of sponsors joining me on on the rag from now on. And and you guys are the first I'm proud to announce as being the first sponsor of the rag podcast. Um you guys I mean you called me up from Columbia one day. I remember it when you rang me up and was like this dodgy number. That I could hardly hear. And he's like, "I'm, a, I'm an investor in a recruitment company." And I was like, "Is he having me on? Like, is this some competitor? So what is it?" um But obviously, we've got on and we've we've, we've worked together for a while now. And um I, I I started this podcast with a genuine mission to help recruitment owners from pre-start to scale and exit. To give, I just want everyone to 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 learn and feel passionate about what they're doing. And you know, we all have ups and downs, but it's the stories from others are the the bits that we go we we latch onto, and and when I heard about what you guys were doing, it was already it was I just feel like it's so well aligned. Mm. So um, I want to say thanks for getting behind the show. Like I'm really excited to to have oh, you guys. Yeah,
1: thank fun. you. You know we we, uh, we love we love it. We love the show, and, and yeah, look, we are as you say, we're we're very much aligned in terms of sort of our why, aren't we? Which I think is one of the reasons why it's mm-hmm. such a good fit.
0: Yeah, it's a great fit and so i'm going to be obviously mentioning you guys a lot i want i want the rag listeners to get to know rise and to um to to reach out and ask you guys any questions the one thing about you too has been you know yes you're investors yes you want to do deals but you're you've been fucking generous with information like i've been phoning you both up at times with myself and you're not even you don't even run a marketing agency but business leadership you've always been there for me and, and that's been massive and i think I would implore the listeners to, to reach out. And even if it is just for a chat and a chin a you know, just what do you think of this? I know you're the type of guys that will do that. So, um, I'll, I hope people do reach out as a result of this and, and further episodes. We've got some cool things lined up as well. So we're going to do a, we are going to host a live event together at some point soon. We, uh, we're just working out, um, how we're going to do it and what it's going to be. Maybe you can do a TikTok video while we're doing it and, uh, get your fiance involved. Um, John's fiance is a uh, what is it, a musician, a singer. She's a she's a singer and composer. Yeah. Did you see I the TikTok video that I sent you? Just, I just opened it by accident on my phone there. Um, but I'll uh, I'll tag I'll tag it in <laughs> um, But yeah, get get that involved. Um, but yeah, a couple of weeks time we'll have a, we'll have an event. We're gonna we're, we're wondering what people want. So guys, if you're listening and if you want us to, we're gonna host an event where John and Alex and, and the team are gonna be live with me. I wanna get the topic right you know there's so many things that these guys can help with whether it is about purely funding whether it's about process whether it's about scale and exit i don't really care i want you guys to let me know so i'm going to do some social posts in the next couple weeks about what do you want to learn let's do a bit of a poll um if you direct message me on linkedin um or drop me a note via email sean at hoxonmedia.com then you know the more we get back from you guys the more we'll we'll shape into something that'll be really useful um john Thanks so much, mate. We, uh, I'm really excited to have you guys on board. One thing um, I wanted to say as well is um, if w- w- when you're back in the UK, for w- w- when, when things are allowed to come back, um, how often are you in the country? Because I know a lot of our sector is very face-to-face driven and after this probably might go even more so. Are you open to flying over and having those chats in person and getting to know the guys?
1: A hundred percent. I'm... Uh... I'm in the UK probably almost as much as I'm in in Spain. So I'm living in in Barcelona at the moment, but um, yeah, I'm I'm always in the UK, and it might be that I I uh, when I can uh, I move back for a while at least because it you know we we'll, we don't really know what the score is with kind of international travel at the moment. So yeah, I'm always around. Um, I love chewing the fat, love talking business. So I'm I'm very much sort of open in terms of uh, yeah in terms of having a conversation with anyone really. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Wicked. I'm here, I'm here. I'm
0: here to support people in the market. Wicked. Well, thanks so much, um, guys. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Rag Report. I hope you enjoyed this episode today with me and John. Um, as as always, we're going to be back every single day. Um, this is not going to slow down. I've, uh, we reached a milestone of thirteen thousand downloads um, in in April, which for me, in I think February was five thousand, five and a half thousand. So the, the, the through lockdown, the daily uploads has been uh, massive. And, and I thank every one of you for listening. As you know, I don't ask for any money from you guys to listen to the show. I do ask for one thing and that is for you to share it. So if you can share this stuff on LinkedIn, if you can pass it via WhatsApp, text, email to your colleagues and friends and bosses, because together, the more people listen to this show, the more we're going to get through this sector and we're going to grow. Um, I'll be back again tomorrow with more information for you, but in the meantime, stay safe and I'll see you soon. This podcast is brought to you by Hoxo Media. We are the world's number one inbound marketing agency exclusively focused on helping the recruitment industry. Myself and my business partner started the business in 2017, having been recruiters for seven years before. We felt that the recruitment industry back then needed to change and that marketing was going to play a huge role in the way that new and existing recruitment organizations won business and stood out in such a crowded marketplace. In three years, we've now worked with over 200 organizations around the world. We reach a huge audience with both this podcast and content online. And we have over 55 recruitment agencies right now we're managing the marketing for. So that involves strategy, content creation, distribution, systems process and leads generated. Having been recruiters and marketeers, We can not only build your brand, but we're also able to connect it to your sales team and ensure that leads are generated as a result of marketing. There's a clear ROI that leads to sales activity. But we also understand recruitment businesses. That's small businesses, medium-sized businesses, large businesses in all sectors. We understand you, we've done the job, and we can build campaigns that are super relevant to what you need as a business right now. We've also recently launched the Hoxo Academy, which is designed to help recruitment owners, recruiters and marketeers learn from the work that we do so that you can action some of this stuff in-house on your own. The Academy has been launched in May 2020 and has already had an amazing uh, response from the market and it's only gonna grow one way. So if you're interested in either having Hoxo support, you build your marketing as as a supplier that acts as part of your team, or you want to be trained by us on how to it yourself, then get in touch. Visit www.hoxomedia.com and register your interest on our homepage. We will then get back to you within 24 hours and arrange uh, an introductory call. Thanks again for listening to this show. Every single one of you means so much and we will see you again soon.